Love Life Church podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. We are in part two of grace, love, and truth, all right? All right, grace, love, and truth, okay? Grace, love, and truth. So all the chaos that is going on, there's a lot in the world. There's just so much. And um, two Sundays ago, I'm praying. I'm like, God, help me. Help me. I want to be the answer, right? We all want to be the answer. We all want change. We all want to stand up for injustice, and we all want to make right. But, Lord, help me. How is, it gonna, how is this going to look? How do I help others, right, without tr- trying to trend, not trying to copy everybody, not looking to the world to be the change? Not looking to the government to be the change, but looking to God. How can we be the change? So I'm like, God, how is it that we can be the change? And this is exactly what God showed me. He gave me a picture as a silhouette. Oh, ta-da! This isn't exactly what what I saw, but this is exactly what we're going to see right here. But it's a silhouette, and over the eyes is grace. Over the mouth is love, and over the heart is truth. Because if we could start seeing through grace, when we look to the world, when we look to others, we're going to start seeing through God's grace. When we can start speaking from love, you know what? Are you going to jump on the bandwagon, start hating, start trashing? Well, if you don't do this, then you believe this. And if you don't, no, we're going to speak love. We're going to believe the best in people, right? And if we're going to have truth written on our hearts. We're going to have truth written on our hearts. What is truth? Jesus is truth. Jesus is truth. And you know what? The Holy Spirit's the revealer of that truth. So like Holy Spirit revealed to us, right? So grace, love, and truth. So how many of us want change? Like in any area of your life, you want change? How many of you guys want to be the change? How many of you guys want to be a world changer? Like, seriously, we're going to change the world. How? Through grace, love, and truth. But change is a process, not an event. Like, I love saying this. I say this all the time, right? It's a process. Consistency, right? Consistency equals a compound effect. How many of you guys, how many of you guys ate, ate a salad before? Once. Yeah. We ain't going to name drop, but somebody hadn't eaten greens until they met me. Oh! (laughs) So, you know what? We eat one salad and we want a six-pack. We do one sit-up and we want a six-pack, right? We do one push-up and we just want to be shredded. How many of you guys are doing well on the Fit for Life Shred? Yes! Going strong! So excited! But that's not how change happens. It happens over a process of time. And sometimes we get so religious, we come to church once. We come to church once a week, and we think we about to be shredded. Yeah, all you got is shredded lettuce, shredded cheese, and shredded meat, you know. That's all we got. No, we want to be shredded in God's word. We want to be shredded, right, so that we can just know the truth. So that's what we got to be shredded in, in truth. But if we're going to be the change, then we need to know what's up. It's time for the church to rise up, not with cliches, not with just following what the world says, but for the church to rise up in truth. So how are we going to do that? We need to know Jesus. We need to look to Jesus. We need to follow Jesus, right? We ain't just following for the gram. 
but we're following in life, okay? We're following in life. Okay, I don't think y'all ready for this. Y'all ready? Look at your neighbor and say, you better wake up because it's about to get hot in here. 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5. This is the Amplified. This is like sizzling hot on the money right now. Like the Bible, you people want to say the Bible is irrelevant. The Bible is for today more than ever. Let's jump in. But understand this, that in the last days will come, set in perilous times of great stress and trouble. Y'all scared? Anybody shaking? Maybe it's just me. My legs are shaking, you know, because I, I'm going to be holding tight onto the pulpit today. So we did some workouts, and I did some leg workouts. I'm like, yeah, I got this. But then later on the day, we, we um, ran 12 flights of stairs. That may be nothing to some of you guys. I was like with the mask on because we had to wear it. And I was like, <laughs> and then today I'm like, oh, I got a little jelly legs. So it's all good. I'm just going to hold on. And if I, if I suddenly fall off, just, you know, somebody pick me up and we'll get back to it. Right. But I'm not scared. I'm not shaking, but my legs may be okay. All right. Trouble times, great stress, Hard to deal with, hard to bear, for people will be lovers of self. And utterly, here we go, self-centered. Lovers of money, aroused by uh, greed, desire for wealth, proud, arrogant, contemptuous, boasters. They'll be abusive, blasphemers, scoffing. Are you guys ready for this to be over? <laughs> or is this like so true? Are we like literally watching this happen right now? And this is not just the world, but the crazy thing is this is some Christians. You know what? This is, is anybody else shocked about that? I mean, we shouldn't be shocked because we're all human, but I mean, whoa, right? Arrogant, um, disobedient to parents. What? Not in this house ungrateful? <laughs> what? Is anybody else like, this is me? <laughs> ungrateful, unholy, profane. They'll be without natural human affections, callous, inhuman, relentless. Um, it's just like no truce. Nothing's going to appease them. They're going to be slanders, false accusers, troublemakers, um, uh, Loose in morals, it just goes on and on and on. Uncontrolled, haters of good, betrayers, rash, just, oh my gosh, it could not go anymore, right? So, rather than being lovers of God. So the part that I wanted to get to is that they even have religion, but they deny it, right? They're denying their religion, they're acting strangers of the power, and these such people we need to turn away from. This is like a long list of, it's like, okay, well, then that's everybody. But no, I just want you guys to be aware of the times, right? All this lawlessness and all these people, and people who even have truth, they're denying the truth, right? They're denying the truth and following the crowd. Denying the truth and following, like, you know, like, I don't want, I just want to be cool. You know, I just want to be on trend. I want to make sure if everybody's doing it, I need to do it too. But what does God's word say? What does God's word say about these times? What does God's word say that we are supposed to be doing? That's why when I was praying, I'm like, God, you know, I want to be the answer, but 
Well, what is the answer? What is the answer? If we could literally start seeing through grace and we can start believing the best of people and know that how people are responding is they're doing their best with what they have. They're doing their best with the information they have. They're doing their best with the information that is bombarded in them. And we have the truth. When we have Jesus, when we start getting an understanding of Jesus, right, we start getting an understanding. Jesus came to reveal the Father. Then we start getting an understanding of God the Father. Then we have something to offer this world. But until then, we just follow the world. We follow the crowd. So I want you to see so that we can, you know, so that we can start walking in love, right? We're not just talking it, but we're going to start walking it in love. And do you know that walking in love costs something? It costs something. It costs something. It's sacrifice. It costs something to walk in love, to express love. There's extra effort. There's extra, right? So we need, uh, we need right now more than ever, we need a love revolution. And, you know, there's an old song saying, do you want a revolution? Whoop, whoop. Do you want a revolution? Whoop, whoop. That song was in my head today. Does anybody know that song? So everybody who's over 30-ish, <laughs> not me, <laughs> knows that song. Do you want a revolution? Yes, yes, we do. We want a revolution. But what kind of revolution do we want? We want revolution. We want government to change. You know, we want a love revolution. And that's how we're going to change the world. You know, that's how we're going to. We can't ask the government to change the hearts of people. We can't ask the government, we want change. Only God can change the hearts of people. Only God can change the coldest heart, and he can turn it soft, right? Because God can heal. God can mend. God can restore. That thing you're running from, you should be running to, and it's God's. It's God's grace. It's God's love. It's God's truth. Because God has a plan for you. Yes, you. Even you. Yep, yes, you. Not me. Yep, you. You too. God God has a plan for you. He called you in this hour, in this day, in this moment for a purpose. Not just so that you can breathe, live, sleep, make money, make babies. No, he called you for a purpose. He called you for so much more than just life. He called you for living and winning. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? How are we going to do that? Through love, through God's love. God is love. We're chasing love. When we, we're, we should be chasing God. And actually, love is chasing us. Love is chasing you. God is chasing you. God is after your heart. A revolution means a sudden, radical, complete change. We need a sudden, radical, complete change. In what? In every area. And how are we going to do that? Through love. Can you imagine if love guided our every single day? If love guided our relationships? If love guided our money choices? If love guided our driving choices? Girl, actually, I've been doing way better. I've been doing way better. Can I get an amen? I got an amen. People who drive in my car. But we need, we need, if we let love guide us, right? We're at the grocery store. You know what? We think that spiritual things is like, yeah, I want to be a prayer warrior. Yeah, I want to be up there preaching. Yeah, I want to be, I want to be famous and I want to make Jesus famous. Can you imagine if we started loving in our homes? 
This is so funny, but if Pastor Dan asked me to do something, I'm like, yeah! Pastor Dan's like, can you go get this? Woo! Okay, like 99% of the time. I mean, I have been like, sometimes, so Casey's watching her if he sees this. I ain't trying to lie. But like 99% of the time, I'm like, woo! Yes! Some, I mean, like, if Lily asked me to do something, I'm like, yes, my love, of course, right? But if Chantel and Chantel asked me to do something, I'm like, I ain't your slave. Is your legs broke? A simple thing, like, a simple thing. Like, if, if they're sitting on the couch, and I'm over here getting ready to go to bed, because your girl goes to bed early first, always, and the light is right here. It's like, can you turn the light off? I'm like, can't you? I'm literally right here. I'm right here. They're over there. Comfortable, on the couch, with a little blankie. And, and I'm like, is your legs broke? In, in my mind. In my mind. For the most part, I just, I'll hit the switch. Now, <laughs> they're like, now we know what you've been thinking. But if we had a love revolution in the house, can you imagine? Can you imagine, right? But how many of you guys know if Pastor Dan asks you, like, hey, can you turn the light off? You're like, yo, like, everybody's going to run, and, like, we're all going to fight to turn the light off. But somebody in your home, you're like, Shh. Like, can you take out the trash? It's like, what? And it's like your mom, you don't even, you can't, like, you've, like, turned your mom's volume off, and it doesn't, you don't even process it anymore. Like, take out the trash, take out the trash, take out, take out the trash. But then when an usher asks you here, like, hey, I need to take out the trash, you're like, yes! The Spirit of the Lord comes upon me, and I'm doing the work of the ministry. And then at home, we need a love revolution. Or we need a... Yeah, but that's not how it works when you grow. <laughs> so what is the power of the gospel, the good news? The power of the gospel, the good news is love. Love came down and rescued us. The power of the gospel is Jesus Christ. And so we need to enter into that power. And how are we going to do that? Through love, through grace, through truth, right? In John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. If God's not condemning the world, why are we? If God's not condemning the world, why are we? You know why we are? Because we're not seeing through grace. We're not believing the best. We're not seeing that they're doing their best with the information they have. And instead of judging them, how about I show them what the love of God looks like? Jesus came, and he came to do the will of the Father. Jesus came, and he only did what the Father told him. Jesus was a boss. Jesus is walking, talking, doing miracles. We're over here. We want to follow Jesus, be like Jesus. And Jesus only did what the Father told him. And if your dad tells you to do something, you're like, Psh. And you think you've grown? Jesus, God, only did what the Father told him. Like we went to a meeting one time. I get these opportunities to travel sometimes with Pastor Lau. And we went to a conference. And they're like, of all the assistant pastors, associate pastors, like seconds, could come and you get to meet together and you go on a table. And I'm like, okay, this is cool. It's my first time with this. And I'm just like, this is awesome. How fun. So we get to the table, and they're just talking about being second and dealing with the, the pressures of being second. And I'm like, 
Y'all, Jesus was second. <laughs> Jesus only came to do the will of the Father. If Jesus is fine with second, I'm good. We're good. Like if we could start seeing that Jesus himself said, I only do the will of the Father because he was under authority. I'm like, when you can connect with being under authority, you start walking in power. You start walking, you start untapping all these gifts and talents that you never thought possible, that were not in you until you connected under authority, right? So Jesus came to, to, he came, for God so loved the world that he gave Jesus and he was under authority. We need to love one another. We need to submit to one another. We need to, to love each other. How many of you guys like that word submit? Not one yes. There was crickets. You wouldn't believe a soul was in the building. But do you know how much security comes with submission under godly authority? You are so confident in your gift, in your place, when you know you can submit to godly authority. It's time to submit to God's will, to God's word, to God's love, and start seeing through. Because when we start becoming our own authority, then that's when we start getting off, right? Jesus was always teaching and demonstrating the love of the Father. Jesus was washing the crusty, dusty feet of of the disciples. How many of you guys would wash the feet? How many of you guys like washing your own feet? <laughs> that shocked me. I had a lot of yeses. All right. So I am, I don't know. I don't really like feet. I don't know, whatever. But I thank God that God has never asked me to wash y'all's feet. Like, okay, just, okay, one by one, everybody come up here. Can you imagine? Let's not. Let's not. I'll be like with one of those, um, those um, electric, um, <laughs> next. <laughs> I ain't touching. Anyways, but Jesus, why was he doing that? Why was he doing that? Oh, so he could be so humble. Oh, no, because he was showing them what love does. He was showing them that, that love serves. Love gives. He was giving his life. He was serving. He was serving. Why? Because he knew that once he left that they were going to need to continue the ministry. He knew that once he left that they were going to need to continue to walk in love and serve each other, right? So Jesus is always giving them opportunity after opportunity. Jesus is like, do what I do, right? So, you know, he's like, let's go. We're going to preach. We're going to teach. We're going to heal. We're going to lay hands on the sick. And Jesus is giving the, the disciples opportunity. And sometimes they what? Failed. Sometimes they fail, sometimes they put their foot in their mouth, but he was always giving them opportunity, opportunity, opportunity. Do you know like when you have a toddler in the house and they're starting to walk, like when Grayson started walking, and it's like, and then crawl, 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 back, back up, you know? And Jesus is over there watching the disciples like, yay, fall. <laughs> you did it. Okay. <laughs> you walked on water. Okay, for a moment. <laughs> But what did Jesus do? Immediately there, immediately helping them out. And that's us. That's us, you know, in our walk. Sometimes we think that if we're a Christian that we're going to be just riding the waves, right? We're going to be at highs. But there's going to be lows. There's going to be times when we doubt. There's going to be times when we look to the storm and we're like, the storm is too big. And God's like, girl, you are the storm. And I'm like, I am storm. And, and in those moments, it's not until you're in the storm do you even realize that God is inside of you. You start 
tapping into supernatural power. And you're like, this is awesome. Surfboard. You're like, you're like surfboarding with your feet. And God's like, isn't that awesome? And all kinds of storms of life. When we're what? When we're seeking God, when we're following his grace, when we're following his love, when we're following his truth. So Jesus is like, guys, mimic me. Guys, imitate me. He's telling them, guys, be like me. As, I, as I'm listening to the Father, I'm showing you the Father. John 13, 34. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Jesus was always teaching them how to love. Why? Because we need God's kind of love. When we, when we have our own love, it's only the love that our dad showed us. It's only the love that our mom showed us. And I, we're not hating on them and we're not mad at them because that's all the love they knew. Right? We're not blaming our parents because they did the best they could with what they had. And you know what? We love them for it. And you know what? If ever you were like, oh, about your parents, do this. Because you're breathing and you're here and God has a plan. So not all of us got the best parents. And if you did, yay for you. You're probably a few. <laughs> and if you didn't get the best parents, you're alive. You're breathing. Like when I'm, sometimes I can be complaining about things and God's like, you here, ain't you? I'm like, let's go. I'm here, another opportunity. So Jesus is giving them opportunity. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you. Should we say it again for those in the back? Love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. How is the world going to know that we're different? Because we have love for one another. We look different, we talk different, we act different. How? In love. Not like we speak Christian, we're like, raise a hallelujah, and you're at the grocery store, can I get an amen? And they're like, okay, sister, <laughs> you know? And, and how, isn't it funny how like we become a Christian or you get to church and you start talking different? Yes, sister, I love you with the love of Christ. What does that mean? No, like, yeah, it's funny because here everybody's like, love ya, love ya. And one of the girls in my life group, she's like, I love you. And I'm like, whoo, changes everything, right? Love ya and I love you? Whoa. And it's true. Like, how are we supposed to be like, love ya, love ya. And in church, you're like, love ya. But if you're at the grocery store, you're like, hate ya. No, that's my whatever. What, wait, what, is, what is this, like, Christian? Does anybody else see that? You're like, amen. I literally said amen to somebody in the grocery store. We're at the grocery store, and that's, this is, like, not usual for me, but we were at the grocery store, and the guy's like, have a blessed day. And I'm like, amen. <laughs> it was just like, it was like, I, I thought I was at church. But you get so churchy, and you start speaking church, right? We come to church, we start learning these songs, but how about we start doing these songs? We start applying the word. We start learning scriptures, but it's another thing to be the scripture out in the world. It's kind of easy in here, but you know what? Start practicing at home. That's what I was saying, like, if Pastor Dan asked me for something, if Pastor Dan asked me for a glass of water, it's like, whoa, 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 running. If she tell, I'm like, Psh. I'm like, what? And she my sister asked me for a, 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 she like, we rarely ask each other for anything. But if it happened, I'd be like, Psh. 
Have, does anybody else do that? Like the kids ask you to do something, you do it, but then if it's your spouse, you're like, get your own. <laughs> Is your legs broke? But not here in this house. We serve each other. We love each other. We honor each other. Amen? Our own me. So by this, they will know. By what? By love. The world's going to know that we're different, not because we speak Christian, not because we raise a hallelujah in the grocery store and then flip them off when they cut us off in the parking lot. They're not going to be like, you a fake, you a phony. They're going to know that we're Christians when we walk in love, right? Love, power, and a sound mind, right? So this is how. We can't just be fake followers for the gram. Like, for real. You, like, post a scripture, and you're like, woo, getting the likes. Let's be real followers of Jesus in life, in our everyday life, in our everyday life, at school, at work, right, at home. We can't just play church. We need to be the church. How are we going to be the church? This is why we got to come to this church. I don't know about all churches, but here we learn how to be the church. Here we have Love Life University. Here we have so many resources so that you can know who you are in Christ and you can start being that to the world. Jesus was a boss. Jesus did not fight religion. Jesus did not go head to toe. Jesus was just asking them questions. They'd be, come, they'd be coming at Jesus. What do you do? You ask them a simple question. He asked them a simple question. When religious people come at you, just ask them a question. Ask them a question. They're like, what? Like, ask them a question. So the world needs the real Christians to rise up. What does Christian mean? To be Christ-like. Come on. Right? No more double agents. How many of you guys have played the double agent card? Come on. You're a Christian in church and then at school? Come on. You know, like, my dad worked at the school. Yes. And my dad walked on campus one time. I was like, let me, let me tell you, my Christian card came on real fast. No. But, like, imagine that God's with you while you're, while you're like, undercover Christian. You got your undercover on. You got your undercover Christian on. Why? What are you afraid of? You have the truth. The world is actually lost. The world is actually hurting. The world needs you to rise up and what? Help them. The world needs you because people hurt people hurt people. That's all. When people are mean, when people are rude, when people are acting crazy, they're hurting because hurt people hurt people. They're trying to find themselves. They're trying to find their purpose in life. Everybody is searching for a purpose, right? That's why they're searching for these causes. Maybe this is the cause. Maybe this is the reason. Maybe this is the reason why I was born. So let me jump on this cause and let me feel like I have purpose for a moment. But God has so much purpose for every single person. And his purpose is love. God wanted a family, guys. God wanted a family. God didn't, God's not some rock star up there like, worship me. Yeah, he's not that. He's not needy. God wanted a family. God wanted the family. He wanted to start a family business. He wanted partners with them. He wanted you guys to be an inheritance. He wanted you guys to join his team. He wanted you guys, like, can you imagine a bazillionaire dad? Quatrillion, bazillion, like, owner, of, like, this dad's streets are made of gold, okay? And 
He wants his son and his daughter to rise up and join the family business, right? He wants them to be equal partners with them. That's God. God wanted a family. He wanted you to join the family. He wanted somebody to love, and he wanted somebody to love him by choice, not by robots. He wanted you to, it's not love if there's no choice. There has to be a free choice, and God's given you a free choice. God can't make you choose him. You have to choose him for yourself. You have to choose love, right? So God, Jesus only did what the Father told him, and Jesus stood his ground. Jesus was a boss, okay? Jesus didn't let people walk all over him. Jesus came into the church, and they're selling all the church merch, and Jesus flipping tables. He's like, not in my dad's house. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? We got all the church merch going on. I don't know what church march they had going on, but we just saying. Here, we got the whole table. We got, we got all the T-shirts. The, um, we got books. <laughs> Jesus flipping the tables like, woo! He's <laughs> like, not in my father's house. He's flip, like, Jesus was a boss, okay? But Jesus was walking in love, and he stood his ground. John 8, 28. Jesus added, when you have lifted up the Son of Man on the cross, you will realize, no, understand that I am he. Jesus is like, I'm the guy. I'm the one you're waiting for. I'm the one you're looking for. You can't see it right now. Because they were with Jesus, so they couldn't fully understand what was about to happen. So he's like, but once I go on the cross and I come and raise again, you guys are going to be like, he's the guy. He's the one. Right? I'm the one you're looking for. And that I do nothing of myself of my own accord or my own authority. But I say exactly what my Father has taught me, and he who sent me is ever with me. My Father has not left me alone, for I will always do what pleases him. I want to always do what pleases God. If it's popular or if it's not popular, I want to always do what pleases God. And in the end, love always wins. Love always wins. You guys know what the, je the devil is jealous of? He's jealous because we have authority. He's jealous because Jesus died on the cross and gave us authority. The devil has no authority over us, but he can trick you into thinking he does. If he can take that authority away from you. But he's jealous, and he's doing everything in his power to what? To overthrow authority. He wants to overthrow authority. Can you see how quickly, like every show or comedy, like the dad is stupid? Like the dad is irrelevant, the dad is clueless, the dad knows nothing, ask your mom. And we're all like, <laughs> until it really happens in real life. And then we really realize how much we need the dad and we love the fathers and we honor the fathers in the home. But the enemy is after authority, right? To get the authority out of the home, get the authority out of school. Back in the day, they used to be able to whoop you in school. Now, now teachers are afraid of the students. Why? No, no like for real, why? And y'all think, we thinking it's funny, we thinking it's games for real though, like it's a joke, but the enemy's after authority. With no authority, there's chaos, right? If there's no authority in the cities, there's chaos. And the devil's like, ah, suckers, y'all fell for the lie. And no, not in this house, not in this city, not in this state, not in this nation, right? Devil, you're under our feet. You're already defeated. We resist you and you flee. We're getting information about truth. We got truth about who we are 
in Christ, in Christ, in love, right? No authority equals chaos. And how are we going to fix this? A love revolution. Love is the only thing that's going to change this. Love is the only thing that's going to heal. Love is the only thing that's going to restore, right? We need to develop in God's character, walking in the fruits of the Spirit. It may sound like, ooh, strawberries and, and um, peaches and plums. That sounds like fruits. No, we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit. Are you all ready for the fruit of the Spirit? We need to walk in the fruit of the Spirit because the only way that we're going to overcome evil is with good. We're going to overcome evil. We need to walk in love. We need to walk in joy. We need to walk in peace. We need to walk in, I hate this word. Y'all ready? Long suffering. Yeah, that's in the Bible. That's a fruit of the Spirit. But at the same time, it doesn't matter how long the suffering is. You know that you win. You know that you win. Walk in kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. We need to start walking in self-control. We have these abilities. We have the fruits of the spirits. It's not strawberries and plums and peaches and cherries. It's love, joy, peace. Love will melt the hardest of hearts or the coldest of hearts. Love is the only thing. You know what? And it has to be real love. It has to be real love. Like real God kind of love. Genuine love. How many of you guys know when somebody's fake? Like, sorry, I'm not sorry. Like, I knew you weren't sorry anyways. Like, I didn't accept your apology because I knew you funky self wasn't sorry. You know, we know when it's not real. We know when it's genuine. And you know, like so many of you guys who ended up with the wrong one, you knew from the beginning it was the wrong one. Right? You know, and you know when it's the right one. And if you don't know yet, then you haven't met them yet. (laughs) So... Anyways, just pick that single card back up. So it's easy to talk love, but it's another thing to walk love. And that's what we're going to try to do. And that's we're going to ask God to help us. Like every day that we wake up, God, help me walk in love. Help me look for an opportunity to show love. God, show me. Like, God, give me ears to hear and eyes to see where there's a need that I can meet. Sometimes we're like praying for God to heal the world, and there's so much we can do. We can do so much. We're thinking that it's going to be big change, but it starts with little change. Big change starts with little change, right? 1 Corinthians 13:1. Love is the greatest. I could speak all the languages of the earth and of angels, but, did not love, but, didn't, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and I would understand. So this is God saying, like, this is, like if, I could, if I could prophesy and I could understand it, if I could do all these things and I had not loved, if I died for somebody but I didn't love them, if I did all these things but there was no love in my heart, it's all for nothing. It's all for nothing. So when I was 18 years old, I moved out and I started paying rent for a room. And I was like thinking I'm grown and everything. And I started working at the church. And God was dealing in my heart with a lot of issues that I had dealt with growing up, with loving others and trusting people. And, um, and I hadn't seen my dad for like two weeks. And we didn't know where he was at that time. And I'm reading this scripture. 
right? If I work at the church and I work in children's ministry and I work in the bus ministry and I worked in, in the worship team and I cleaned and I did this and, and if I did all of this, God, because I was just like, God, I just want to serve you. God, I just want to fulfill your purpose. God, I just, I just want to know you. Like, I don't want to fake it. I don't want to just, I just don't want to be a church worker. God, I want to be the church. I want to be the answer. And I knew that I knew that I knew with everything in me that I was, I was born to serve God. Like, I was here for this moment. And I was reading this, and I was like, God, if, if I do all this, but I don't have love in, in my heart for my own dad, you know, like, who am I? What am I going to do? Like, if I have not love, then I'm nothing. And I'm reading this. And in that very moment, my dad called. You used to call me on your cell phone. No, that's not what I was saying. It was actually a landline. It's like ring, ring, ring with a cord and everything. It's back in the day. You know, I was a teen just a couple days ago. But And he called me and he just said, hey, Miha, I just wanted to tell you where I was. And this is the situation that happened. And I'm sorry. And I was like, no, Dad. No, Dad. No, if I have not loved, then I'm nothing. Dad, if I served in the church for the rest of my life, but if I don't love you, then I'm nothing. And I'm like, Dad, I ask you to forgive me for every time I disrespected you, every time I dishonored you, every time. And he just started to cry. And he started to cry. And, and, and I knew that that was a moment in my life because I wanted to go deeper in ministry. I knew that God was calling me. I knew that there was so much in my heart. But God also knew that there was things that I needed to mend. God knew that there was so much more. But if I had not love, then I was nothing. And I was so thankful for that opportunity. I was so thankful that he called. And I was so thankful that I was reading this scripture at that moment when he called so that I could be healed in my heart from what was a, a part of my, you know, my story, my childhood, my upbringing. And I didn't know that it'd be like 10 or 11 years before I'd hear from him again. And I was so thankful for that moment. And I'm so thankful for this scripture coming alive. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It's not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice in injustice, but it rejoices when truth wins out. Love never gives up. It never loses faith. It's always hopeful, endures through every circumstance. Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledges will become useless, but love will last forever. The only way that we can walk in love is to make a choice to do it. I could have just answered that call and said, yeah, Dad, I know you're a loser. Yeah, Dad, I know. And then I would have held that bitterness. I, that would affect my life. And instead, I had an opportunity, like a God moment, to choose love. And here is an opportunity and a God moment for you to choose love, for every single one of us to choose love. To choose love if that person never apologized for the wrong they did. If it's never fair, can you choose love? If it's nev they never wrong, they never right their wrong, can you choose love for yourself? Because God has a plan and God has a purpose and God wants to use you to impact this generation. God wants to use you to change the world. And it starts with love. And love is patient. Love is kind, right? Do you want a revolution? Woo, woo. Do you want a revolution, right? Then let's stop talking religiously. Let's stop acting religiously. 
And let's start doing. Let's start being. Let's start a love revolution by choosing love every single day. By suffering long. There was no amens. By being patient and kind. Never envious. Never jealous. Never proud or rude. Not demanding our own way. Never thinking evil of others. But believing the best. Standing for truth, never giving up, bearing all things, believing all things, hoping all things, enduring all things. Love never fails, and we will never fail when we walk and live by love. Unselfish love. When we start following Jesus, love is the most excellent thing we can do. And you know what's crazy is that God's formula for fixing your problem is to help somebody else out of that problem. It's crazy because God's giving you an opportunity when you're like, I need help. And there's somebody else out there saying, I need help. But you can't hear them because you're yelling so loud. And God's giving you opportunity. He's like, can you just sow a seed in their life, girl, so I can bring you a harvest? Can you just sow a seed of love in somebody else's life so that I can bring you a harvest? Can you just get that seed in the ground so you can start prospering, bearing much fruit, and multiplying? And God has always given us an answer to the problem, and it's love. And it's looking for an opportunity to be loved to somebody else, looking for an opportunity to help somebody else. Look, and that's why I love children's ministry. It's helped me so much in life because they don't care who you are or where you are, but you better meet their demands, right? You better meet their needs because they're kids, and they're like, huh? feed me now and and I'm like you just had breakfast like it's like eight o'clock service you just got here and they're like I need fishies you know I was like okay well snack time is in 10 minutes calm down we're all gonna be all right but it's so cool because it teaches so much about caring for others for helping others and God has you you need some help look for somebody that you can help Look for some opportunity for you to get seed in the ground and trust God for the harvest. Trust God for the harvest. If we're like, I need somebody to love me. And actually, the world is saying, we, they, there's so many people that you can love. There's so many people that you can help. It's like, if somebody could just love me, then everything would be better. No. It's not how it works. You can find the most perfect guy with the most perfect job and the most perfect teeth and the most perfect bank account and the most perfect love for God, but he can still not fulfill you. Only God can. Only God can. You can have everything perfect. You're still like, I need somebody to love. Somebody to love. <laughs> you know, we do need somebody to love. That's true. We need to love somebody somebody. Got to love somebody. Why? So that the world can know we're followers of Jesus because we love like Jesus love. And if we're ever, ever going to get love out, we first got to let love in. And that's letting Jesus in our hearts, letting Jesus in our lives. God has so much for each and every one of us. We're not called to reach in. We're called to reach out and reach out to this world. And in all that reaching out, right, when you make it all about God, God makes it all about you. Seek first the kingdom of God. All these things will be added to you. Love wins and love gives. And how are we going to have a love revolution? It starts with us. It starts in our hearts. It starts in our homes, right? We're going to stop judging, stop preaching, stop posting, and start being. 
Walk it like it, talk it, eh? Walk it like we talk it, eh? Walk it, talk it, show it, preach it. No, not preach it. Show it, teach it, be it, keep it. Come on, something. Jesus is the way, right? It's very simple. If you'd like to say, you know what? I love that. That sounds awesome. But how does that, what does that mean for me? I feel lost. I feel like there is no hope. I feel like I don't know a way out. There is hope. There is a way out. And his name is Jesus. And he has a plan and he has a purpose just for you. And if you don't want to invite Jesus in your heart today, he can heal. He can restore. And he can just mend so that you can help others. It starts first with letting him in right? And then getting him out to this world. If you'd like to receive Jesus tonight as your Lord and Savior, you guys, let's all say this prayer together. Say, Jesus, I call on your name right now. I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you came to the earth, died on the cross for my sin, and rose from the dead. Thank you for forgiving me, setting me free. I receive you in my life today. Thank you for answering my prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you said that prayer tonight for the first time, or just if you said that prayer tonight, this is the first time you're like, yes, yes, I meant it. Yes, I called on Jesus. Yes, I want to change the direction of my life. Then you know what? You are saved. It's so simple. You believe in your heart, you confess with your mouth. Believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, just like that. And you're a child of God, and God has a plan. And he has a special place just for you. There's a special part of the body that you're supposed to play, and we're missing it without you. So I, we would love to welcome you to the family. Welcome to the family of God. If you would love to raise your hands. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You can click that I Receive Jesus button. We have something for you. Pastor Dan wrote an awesome book about the next steps of salvation. There's so much more than just getting to heaven. We can actually live heaven on earth because God has so much promises for us. So I love you guys. Thank you so much. And I'm believing for great things and that we are going to change this world. We are going to see a sea of young people rise up. How? Through grace, love, and truth. Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you.